it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up and welcome back to another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download it today. Use the promo code DNBR when you sign up. All right, y'all. It is late night, Sunday night, post-Super Bowl. Really epic game. Tough call at the end for sure, but a lot of fun overall. I'm going to give a few thoughts on that. And then we're going to talk about the New Mexico State situation, which just gets crazier and crazier by the day, can give everybody a little bit of perspective. Clearly been a challenging year for CSU Hoops. They have not lived up to expectations. But now when I see comments especially that say things like, man, they've really fallen into disarray or something like that, it just makes me roll my eyes. Because if you want to see what disarray looks like, take a dive into the New Mexico State basketball program, a program that historically is really competitive and typically makes the tournament. So we'll get into all of that. Then we'll dive into some CSU women's basketball. They've won their fourth game in a row, really getting hot at the right time. Real quick, though, I hope you were able to get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook. They were hooking it up for the biggest Sunday in sports. DraftKings Sportsbook, of course, an official betting partner of Super Bowl 57. They were giving new customers the opportunity to bet $5 and turn that into $200 in bonus bets. Really, really epic. What's great about DraftKings, though, is the fun is endless. Even if you happen to miss out on this one particular promo, there were other odds boosts every single day, including the DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boost between 4 and 7 Mountain PM, and that was really sweet. That's just the type of fun stuff that DraftKings is always doing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and make sure that you use that code DNBR so they know that we sent you. You obviously missed out on this Super Bowl bonus, but that's okay. Even by tomorrow, there's going to be a new sweet deal, probably for basketball or baseball. The fun is endless over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Again, make sure you use that code DNVR when you sign up. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Cool, cool, cool. Let's just jump right into it, I guess. First things first, I felt like this was the two best teams in the NFL competing for the title. You're not always necessarily going to get that in a single elimination format. Wonky upsets happen, teams get hot. But over the course of this season, I feel like these two teams were clearly the best. There were some other teams that worked their way into the mix at various points. Cincinnati is really good. San Francisco was really good. But over the totality of five and a half months or however long the season is, when you factor in preseason, all of that, September to now, I feel like it was Kansas City and Philadelphia. They were the most consistently impressive. And if you were going in just hoping to get an entertaining game between two quality teams, 
this is the matchup you should have hoped for. For me, it was kind of conflicting, a bittersweet experience. I have a lot of friends that are Eagles fans, so I felt bad for them. A couple of my coworkers even, shout out Ali Monroy, shout out uh, Susie Hunter, feel bad for both y'all, go birds in spirit. But if you had been listening to me over the last month or so, I had been pretty hot on the Chiefs for a while now. I bet on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl in November, doubled down again right before the playoffs. And there were moments where I felt nervous about it. The Patrick Mahomes injury situation certainly wasn't great. Didn't love that matchup with the Bengals. Just a team that had had their number before the Chiefs finally got over the hump. But I did pick Kansas City in that AFC title game, and I picked Kansas City to win the Super Bowl mostly just because of Patrick Mahomes. He is one of the few guys where it just feels like you don't ever want to have to bet against him. It doesn't matter how much confidence you have in the other team or how much you believe in their personnel, their staff, what they're doing. Like, I firmly believed Philadelphia was a more complete team than Kansas City. When you look at the disparity in the trenches, they have the best offensive and defensive line in football. They're really balanced with what they can do in that run game. I mean, Hurts had three rushing touchdowns. He put on a show. As a passer, he was great too. His growth is just so significant these past couple of years. He's a guy that I've been a big fan of going back to the Alabama days. He's always been an impressive athlete, always been a winner. But there were some things that he needed to improve on, like his passing. And to his credit, he did that. I mean, he went out and really just busted his ass We all know the story from college, gets benched in the national title game, doesn't immediately dip, sticks around, continues to improve, ultimately goes in the SEC title game and saves Alabama, gives them another opportunity to win a title. Graduates, goes on to Oklahoma, wins the Heisman there as a second-round pick by the Eagles, sees some playing time at the end of his rookie season, takes over in year two, and has them in the Super Bowl by year three. What an amazing story that is. You can't help but root for a guy like Jalen. And this Eagles team as a whole, they're just a lot of fun to watch. And because of that, and because the people are tired of the Chiefs, the public was really pulling for Philly. At the end of the day, though, as much as I like Hurts, as much as I enjoy watching the Eagles, as much as I understand why people are pulling for them and rooting against Kansas City, my confidence in the Chiefs comes down to number 15. One side has Patrick Mahomes, the other side doesn't. And I just can't go against the side that has Patrick Mahomes. I can't do it. It doesn't matter how much I like Philly. It doesn't matter how good I think they are. I couldn't do it. Mahomes is too good. He's too special. And I've been in that position before where you're just hoping that he slips up somehow. Somehow the Chiefs fall. But when the game is on the line, when the lights are the brightest, that guy is insane. He's the best in the world. And as much as I really disliked that call, it was ticky-tack at the end. I don't really feel like you could watch that second half and with a straight face sit here and pretend like Mahomes wasn't incredible and imply like he was not deserving to win that game. I'm not saying it wasn't a, a tough call. It it was ticky-tacky. I don't think it was a phantom call. I do think he hooked him. I don't know if I would throw a flag in that moment, but he did grab him. There was a hold that occurred. I understand the argument that you could probably make that call every single down and the context of that moment dictates you keep the the flag in the pocket. I understand all of that, but that's not really how officiating works. That's how we want it to work, but it's not like it says in the rule book, hey, if it's in the final two minutes and it's close, don't call it. If you think it's a penalty, you call it a penalty and that's officiating. Sometimes they get it right. Sometimes they don't. There's human error in it, but I just feel like 
collectively, we as sports fans have gotten a whole lot whinier in the last five to 10 years. I don't know if it's the rise of social media and the fact that we're all live tweeting throughout the games now and the fact that you can then, you know, repost it a million times in a way that we didn't do in the, you know, early 2000s and any time before that. But I just find it exhausting. I'm not trying to act like I'm not guilty of this occasionally. We all are going to complain about officiating. That's a part of the process. But the general outrage that seems to come from every single outcome in every sport now, it's a bit much. And then just the hyperbole and the dramatization that goes along with it. The refs handed the Chiefs this one. I just, I can't help but roll my eyes. And I'm sorry if you disagree with me. I would say there were a couple of instances in that second half where Philly had an opportunity to extend the lead and kind of played it safe and it came back and bit them in the butt. But they had their chances. They're up 10 at halftime. If you're able to stop Kansas City on their opening possession of the second half and then go down and put points on the board yourself, it's probably game over. But they couldn't. They couldn't get that stop. They had the fumble that went back for a touchdown. Like There were a lot of moments in which this game was taken back by Kansas City. Their defense is not good, I wouldn't say, but they play hard, and I felt like they got some key stops in this one as well as that Cincinnati game. They play with physicality. They can get after the quarterback a little bit. Ultimately, though, this came down to Patrick Mahomes being the best on the planet at what he does, and he really put this team on his shoulders when they needed him most. And, you know, that's why you're not going to catch me picking against him. It's just not going to happen. The guy is too good, and I've, I've been on that side before. And I'm not going to do it again. Don't get me wrong. I understand if you're sick of the guy. I understand if you're sick of the Chiefs. I'm a Broncos fan. I get texts from my family in Kansas every single time the Chiefs win. Ain't nobody praying on their downfall more than me. But I'm going to give credit where credit is due. They won that game. The right team won that game. And while it was kind of a ticky-tack call at the end, the Eagles had plenty of chances in that second half. And ultimately, life isn't fair. Sometimes a call isn't going to go your way. Sometimes that call isn't going to go your way in a really big moment, you know, in the final couple minutes of the game. And it feels so much bigger than if it happens, you know, at the beginning of the fourth quarter or, you know, even with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. But that's why it's a 60 minute game. And ultimately, if Philly takes care of business earlier in that half, then they're not in a spot where a ticky tacky holding call ends up, you know, being such a gut punch and having, you know, an impact on the matchup the way that it did. I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to say here is growing up as a sports fan, to me at least, and maybe my perception is wrong. If it is, you know, feel free to to chime in. You can tweet at me at Justin T. Michael. But I feel like growing up, we kind of accepted that that was a factor in sports. I'm not saying people didn't complain about blown calls. They certainly did. But nowadays, it feels like every single week, all of Twitter is just throwing a temper tantrum and, oh, so-and-so was robbed. And it doesn't matter if it's football or basketball or hockey, but it's tiring. And it almost never tells the entire picture. Almost never. Not saying refs can't impact the outcome of game. They most certainly can. But to me, the right team won. When you look at what the Chiefs did in that second half on both sides of the football, I felt like they were the better team down the stretch when it really mattered. And the Eagles were a really fun team. It was exciting. They just needed to make a couple more plays. I mean, they still threw 35 on the board. You're going to win most Super Bowls if you do that. But they just needed a few more stops. And frankly, I wonder how much playing so many mediocre quarterbacks kind of set them up for failure when you then have to face a stone-cold killer like Mahomes. I mean, he's not Daniel Jones. Shit, the 49ers couldn't even throw a forward pass. 
but that's my two cents. That's my two cents on the game. I've gone way longer than I intended to already. If you're going to be upset about something, I think you should be upset about the playing surface. It was awful, really bad. The NFL should be embarrassed, but the game itself was a blast, and I already am itching for the 2023 season. Let's move on. Let's talk a little bit of hoops. We're going to talk about this wild situation at New Mexico State who has suspended their basketball operations. Uh, looks like it's probably going to be for the rest of the year. I doubt we see them play again. And then we'll talk about the women's team who yesterday won their fourth game in a row, picked up a big road win over Fresno State 2-0 on this trip and seemingly getting hot at the right time. Real quick, though, I want to talk to you guys about the Breck Brew Ultimate Game Day Experience Giveaway. Breckenridge Brewery and DNVR have teamed up to give some lucky DNVR fans the Ultimate Game Day Experience. It's going to include VIP tickets, Lexus Club access, parking, and DNVR merch. This is a hell of a deal, and it's going to be really sweet for a couple of lucky Avs and Nuggets fans. The Avs giveaway will be for March 9th. That is a Thursday. They are hosting the Kings. You'll get two tickets in section 102, row five. That is right behind the Avs bench. I've actually personally sat in these seats before, and you can smell the players. It's it's wild. And then for the Nuggets, you will get courtside tickets on the 30th against New Orleans. Again, for both of these, it includes parking pass, club Lexus access, which is, you know, you get drinks and food, all a, all a part of it. It's It's awesome. If you'd like to enter, just head to thednvr.com slash Sweeps. That's thednvr.com slash Sweeps and complete the form to enter. You must be 21 or older, and the winners will be selected one week before each game day. One more time, go to dnvr.com slash Sweeps. Also, check out the Breck Bear locator to find the closest Breck brew near you. Also, check out FOCO. FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. They have the best officially licensed gear for all sports fans and fandoms. FOCO always has our back for Colorado sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in the description or use the code DNVR for 10% off non-presale items. Again, that code DNVR for 10% off non-presale items. Finally, everybody's favorite moment of the week is here. DraftKings pick of the week, and I am going with the Kansas Jayhawks to win the Big 12 Conference. This is the regular season, not the tournament. Right now, the Jayhawks plus 160. I like the value just behind Texas at plus 120. But KU is getting hot at the right time, and I really like the value here. I think they're going to close out strong, so lock it in. DraftKings pick of the week, Kansas Jayhawks to win the Big 12 regular season title, plus 160. You heard it here first. But now that we have paid the bills, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit of hoops. Just briefly, I kind of wanted to just address this New Mexico State situation, which gets wilder and wilder by the minute. Earlier this year, New Mexico State had a player involved in a shooting when they were in Albuquerque, New Mexico. New Mexico State, obviously big rivals, but that is just insane. On top of that, they had a coach that was accused of potentially hiding the weapon. So it was just a really ugly year for New Mexico State, you know, before we even got to this week. Then all of a sudden, we had a bombshell report come out that New Mexico State was suspending basketball operations due to some hazing incidents. And the follow-up details to that are just really gross. I mean... It's it's like sexual mix, misconduct type stuff, uh, false imprisonment, really, really gross stuff. 
certainly unacceptable behavior to be going on inside a program. But the reason that I bring it up is just to give everybody a little bit of perspective. And, you know, the next time you're feeling frustrated about how this season has gone, you know, take it into consideration when you're going to come out with some hot take about how our program's in disarray or something. It's not even close to disarray. Has it been a disappointment? Without a doubt. This team has not lived up to expectations. I'm not going to dive into the million wonky circumstances that kind of give context to why this team has underperformed. In my opinion, a lot of it comes down to it just didn't go to plan. Like the injuries, the timing of it all, the fact that Josiah Strong wasn't able to be a part of the rotation. All of those were big factors. But nevertheless, this was clearly a disappointing season. We thought that they would be much better than they were. And it's fair to be frustrated about that. It's fair to be frustrated when you're losing. But it's also important to keep perspective and remember that when you do have the right leadership at top, you might have a disappointing season here or there. You might not quite live up to expectations in terms of wins, losses every single time. With a guy like Medved, I'd be willing to bet that more times than not, he is going to overperform and get the most out of his group and ultimately you know, have them win more than people on the outside would forecast. But when you are having one of those rough stretches, and it's it's been a rough stretch for CSU really this whole season, it's important to remember the type of leadership that you have at the top. New Mexico State lost Chris Jans, a phenomenal coach to Mississippi State, and in less than a year, their entire program completely fell apart and in a way that's so much bigger than just basketball. Now, this wasn't an instance where New Mexico State fans were hoping that he would leave. But it does illustrate how quickly things can just absolutely fall apart when you do have a great leader and he walks out that door. So I guess I'm just saying to those that have been hypercritical of the staff and what has happened at CSU this season, just keep a little bit of perspective of what disarray truly is. I mean, first and foremost, you could find a worse example 60 miles north up in Laramie and everything that's happening under Linder and you know, having to dismiss the three Pac-12 transfers that they brought in. It's a disaster of a situation up there, and it's a great example of how important it is for coaches to be able to identify the type of character that the people that they're recruiting have. It's not just about talent. Wyoming kind of found that out the hard way this season. True disarray, though, is what is happening down in Las Cruces at New Mexico State, and it doesn't take long for that type of stuff to happen, for everything to just fall apart, a program that you know, over the last decade had perennially been an NCAA tournament contender or a team that you expected to be in the field every year. And in less than a year, the future of that program is a complete question mark. I mean, they're in shambles. Keep that in mind if you want to run a great coach out of town. That's all I'm saying. And just for the record, I'm not saying that if he were to leave, this would for sure happen at CSU or something like that. But New Mexico State was a great program with great leadership, and then it all fell apart really quickly. If you're one of the Ram fans that's been hypercritical of Nico Medved and CSU's underperformance so far this year, you know, very realistically, a couple years from now, you could be sitting there thinking, damn, I really wish we still had him. I should have appreciated what he was doing when he was here. Not only had he built a winning foundation and gotten CSU back into relevancy after the disaster that was the Larry Eustacey tenure, but he was representing the program with integrity. He was a leader in the community. He was a face in the community. Because that's what Medved is. He is all of those things. He's a man of the people, a man of this community, and a damn good basketball coach. The season has not gone as expected, but 
maybe keep the pitchforks down. That's all I'm saying. Because it could be a whole lot worse. I've covered programs that were worse. I was right there in the the heat of all of this when you know all the crap was going down with you, Stacy, and we're witnessing it happen in Las Cruces right now. Anyways, let's move on. The uh, the last thing that I wanted to talk about on this pod is just the CSU women's team. Yesterday, they won their fourth game in a row, took down Fresno State by a score of sixty-one to fifty-four. They are now seventeen and eight overall, ten and four in the league. CSU has already surpassed their league win total from last year, and that's still with four games remaining. So, a great job by Ryan Williams and Co. McKenna Hofschild, Kaylin Crocker continue to be the stars of the show. Uh, McKenna had 17 points in 40 minutes, 6 of 14 from the floor in this one. Seven rebounds, also a team high, six assists. Crocker had 13 points in 34 minutes, 3 of 6 from the floor. She went 7 of 7 from the line, had six boards herself. But one of the things that I've noticed of late is that Williams has kind of solidified that rotation. Uh, It's really, you know, eight at this point, go about eight deep. And at this point, everybody has really bought into their roles. I feel like this team is deeper than what we've seen in previous years. They move better. I mean, they certainly can light it up offensively. They play a really fun style of basketball, a lot of ball movement, and just generally they're a selfless team. Whether they'll have enough to make it through Vegas, we'll see. UNLV is actually in the top 25 right now, so that's going to be tough, especially if you have to face them in the title game in front of their home fans. But, I mean, the Rams went toe-to-toe with them in both opportunities in the regular season, so it would be kind of cool to see them potentially, you know, finally get over that hump as well and and kind of pull a Boise State back in the day. CSU used to always sweep Boise State on the women's side in the regular season, and then I felt like there was like a four-year stretch where Boise would then return the favor in the conference title game and steal CSU's bid. Not saying that's what's going to happen, but this group does seem to have their identity established, they're playing better defensively than they were during that losing streak. And they're hopefully going to be playing their best ball at the best time of the season. Obviously, my coverage is a little bit more casual on the women's side just because that's not my beat, but I do try and highlight them as much as I can because I enjoy watching the games as a fan. But this group is special, and it would be really fun to see them make a postseason run. So I've, I've got my fingers crossed. I'll certainly be pulling for them. I need to close the regular season strong here, try and get that number two seed if possible. But I like the direction that this group is trending right now. I definitely do. So shout out to CSU women's team. Another big win. Hopefully you can keep the action rolling. That's all I'm going to have on this one. We've had two pods today, so you guys got plenty of content to keep up with. We'll be talking about the men's team in the next couple of days. Big home game coming up against Boise State on Wednesday night. Would be awesome to see the Rams play spoilers. Looking like we might get hit with a snowstorm. That figures it won't snow for two weeks. And then... As soon as we get a home game, it's guaranteed. Like, you could look at the calendar a month in advance for February and just be like, it's going to snow here, here, and here, just whenever the Rams have home games. But I'm looking forward to them being back in action. It was weird with them being off this weekend. I just felt like Ricky Bobby, I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't, I don't know what to do with myself when I'm not watching and covering sports. But we'll see what happens this week, and I'm looking forward to talking about it all. Shout out to all of you for supporting my content. I know this one was a little bit more random, but it's kind of a quiet week. We'll be more CSU-oriented throughout the week, though. So, yeah, hope everybody has a great week. Stay safe out there. Stay warm. Much love, y'all. Peace.
Mexican kid with the cuff khakis wearing graphic tees, feeling way too trendy. Raps that kill. Oh, I'm deadly. Primed and ready like machetes at a deli in New Delhi. Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli. Turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. But water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys. Like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly.